Hello and welcome to episode 487 of the Leak House Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Thinking Cooper. Joining me is Aiden Frost Rockarts. Hey, how's it going? And that's it. Colton has uh, graciously allowed us to do the podcast early um, with some scheduling issues. So it's just going to be Aiden and I this week. Um, we all miss Colton, but uh, the show must go on. Uh, this week, we've got uh, four new patrons. Um, we've got a little bit of Leak House news. We don't have any new news. Um, we have, you want to do a guaranteed guffaw about the new items? We'll talk about that a little bit. I was thinking we could do it next week. Cause I, I do want to talk Ooh. a fair bit about co-streaming for the, uh, competitive league stuff. I have a pretty oh, long sure. discussion there. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about the new items next week. Um, the split pushing in the tank one, uh, cause it's good that we're reading. I want to get Colton's opinion on that too. Um, yeah, a little bit of competitive league section, including a uh, discussion about co-streaming. Uh, we'll read your roundtable answers from last week and create our own for this week. And then we'll close it out with some emails. Uh, should be a pretty good show. Aiden, why don't you tell me about your week? My week was good, man. Uh, I played a bit of league. I, I've been enjoying playing ranked again. I got my one account back up to D2. My actual main, I think, is D3. And then my Smurf, I got to... My other Smurf, I got to D3 as well. So I have two D3 accounts now, which I'm feeling pretty good about. Two D3 and uh, one D2? And one D2, yeah. I, oh, I would love man. to grind them a little bit more by the end of, like, the Tom Kench life cycle that happens mm. on Wednesday. But we'll see. It just depends. I've been enjoying playing Duokyo. Trevor, I got Trevor to play League again. And nice. holy fuck, having... Turns out having comms is really good for a competitive video game <laughs> yeah i uh i think i'm gonna try to reach out to uh, a listener or two on the discord and see if they want to do it at some point yeah like we we had this one game where i th- I, I mean once again maybe i'm like a little bit biased because like i felt like i was playing well in that game it felt like we only won the game because i had communication and i was able to say hey someone shows top or bottom here i immediately alt us both there as tom kench and we kill them and we did this like five times in a game like just got five picks against like a winning team got us a ton of shutdowns and it just felt like man there's no world in which i can just do that with a solo q teammate like as easily was that the game where um the leona was just free farming alone i think so yeah yeah okay i did uh i did happen to see that one uh i thought it was really fucking funny um, yeah it's just like that's kind of know, the complete just... opposite of how i play leona <laughs> yeah it's just crazy that like communication honestly like allows you to do so much more like in a competitive environment so absolutely I and i think it's i think it's sort of a case for why uh at least at least ranked q should have uh voice comms mm-hmm. i think it just the games would be so much higher quality and um you know i think the enjoyment of the game would be a lot higher yeah, I completely agree. Um, outside of that, lots of Overwatch. Been playing lots of Overwatch with friends. That's always been a fair bit of fun. Um, as for uh, kind of league cast stuff that I've been working on, I've been posting a lot of videos to our YouTube channel. So if anyone yeah. wants to go check that out, I've been posting clips from the podcast, like stuff from my stream, uh, all sorts of good stuff like that over on our podcast, uh, over on our YouTube channel, which is just league cast. Um, I have a p- video of me like um, playing a PBE game of Tom Kench going up in, uh, I think today, actually. It might actually be up in, I think, one minute <laughs> from the time <laughs> we're recording. That's awesome. Uh, so- yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, it's been fun, though. I've been uploading a lot there. It's been really, really good. Uh, and I've been working. Today, I had a little bit of free time, so I've, I put together some questions for episode 500 Jeopardy. Uh, Ooh. I, I've been putting some work in on that because it takes a lot to prepare a thing like that because that mm-hmm. won't be for another 13 episodes, which I guess is three months. But, oh, my God, I have to start prepping that now or else it's going yeah, <laughs> to sure. 
it'll get get uh it'll come up quick so i've been prepping episode 500 so yeah yeah. uh, that that was my week what about you man uh oh boy i have a lot to talk about this week so my girlfriend went out of town this weekend Mm -hmm. um which left me a lot of a lot of time to do basically nothing um (laughs) so i played a lot of league a lot of league um i am up seven points well seven points for my peak in in ranked so i'm at 37 lp poggers uh my my goal is to just pass Aiden you on your main account at one time this year. <laughs> like my highest ranked account or my main account? Your your well your, I guess your highest ranked account. Okay, yeah. So I, I want to be the D2 highest rated. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to be the highest rated like without a like oh, I'm higher I'm I'm higher than you because you haven't played any games yet. Yeah, I feel you. So, that's uh that's what I'm going to be working towards a little bit. Should be uh, kind of fun. Obviously in and just finish diamond. I don't yeah. I don't really care where, but <laughs> I can't go back to plat. Um, uh, I've played a lot of Sekiro. Uh, I finally beat it. Uh, I got the immortality severance ending. Yeah. Um, which I assume is just the base ending. It's pretty basic. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's the canonical or the true ending, whatever they call Mm -hmm. it. But, um, you know, I I was happy with the decision that I made. I had a, a lot of fucking trouble with uh demon of hatred and with the last boss uh yeah other than that i didn't really i came across like a a few stumbling blocks um but that's kind of it uh but those those were walls it took me uh it took me a while to beat those um but boy it's it's a it's so i found myself at the time getting very frustrated and and just like Mm -hmm. saying this isn't fun like why am i doing this (laughs) but I kept do obviously I'm going to beat the game like <laughs> I'm not I mean I'm not going to just stop in front of the last boss but it was so rewarding to to actually beat it like it feel that game I think especially kind of allows you to feel super good about like playing a boss fight perfectly mm-hmm. because you, you know for that one in particular there are a lot of phases I'll say I don't want to spoil anything yeah. if somebody there's a lot of phases and your resources get quite limited at times yeah. um and it just feels so good to do phases like perfectly without taking any damage or anything like that. Um, the- I feel like a really good example, just like it's not not a huge spoiler because it's a mini yeah. boss in the game. Uh, the first time you encounter one of those scorpion things where they like hit you like eight times, like with the two oh, limbs, yeah. like really, really quick, where you can't really dodge it. You can't just hold blocks. It will break your... Uh, your whatever the fucking thing is yeah. called in that game. So you have to perfectly like uh, parry every single hit. It's like, that's the first time you go, holy fuck, this game is cool. <laughs> yeah. I, perfect. Like learning how to you parry is so, is so fun in that game. I think yeah. the window is obviously a little generous because it is it de- like the game's dependent on you being able to parry things. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you could beat the game just blocking, but like it was so fun to like block super long chains and then get a big punish at the end, um, and, and yeah, I the only thing that like I truly did not understand and did not get the entire game is lightning reversal. I um, <laughs> that did not make sense to my tiny yeah. brain. Yeah, uh, but uh, fortunately, it's not like mandatory in a lot of places. Most <laughs> places, I would say. So. That's fun. Uh, I'm going to start playing Persona 4 Golden next. Uh, it's been recommended to me. Um, so a little a little murder mystery. Uh, otherwise, uh, oh, I, f- I finished the 1 million damage mission on League, and it was fucking, <laughs> it was a nightmare. Yeah, Wh- whoever, stupid. like, designed that is just, like, 
Yeah, uh, that was a, that was. They a didn't terrible. know what they're doing. Yeah, that was silly. Yeah, uh, a million damage for thirty tokens. So big pog right there. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, played a lot of Overwatch with the with the Broys, which is uh, pretty fun. And I think that's kind of it. I think that's it. So let's get into the show. We've got four new patrons. Shout out to Arsonist, Nathaniel, uh, Setback, and Depper Dodge. Wait, I've said his name before. Wait a second. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he like was on sub then resubbed for a while. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Thing, yeah. Well, thanks for your uh, thanks for all the uh, the the patrons. We appreciate it a bunch. Uh, and make sure you check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash leadcast podcast. Wait, yep. Forward slash leadcast, right? You got it. Yeah, forward slash leadcast. Okay. I forgot if there was a podcast at the end or not. Um, and give us dollars. Thank you. Uh, Aiden, do you have some leadcast news? Just the basic stuff. Um, we have a Zed Talks coming out this month. We already recorded the one for this month too. So like, if you're yeah. if you have if you're not a patron right now, you could sub right now and get two, which is kind of cool. Um, plus all the archive of the old. Yeah, ones. So <laughs> yeah. We have we have obviously like a lot of them. Um, and then we have the monthly plays video that will go up on the first of the month. We have uh obviously i've been prepping jeopardy which is going to be big for i think it's september is when it's like slated for episode 500 so it's not for like a while but um i might do a little bit of that on stream maybe prep some questions and stuff get some listener help because it, it's been fun prepping uh cool questions i do yeah. have some guests for it too so uh it will be it'll be a fun uh thing i think that's pretty well it though i am going to host a league of legends tournament probably first or second week of july because we hit a sub goal on my stream like podcast dot sorry <laughs> twitch.tv slash <laughs> leadcast uh, frost um but uh I'll, I'll have more news when i actually post the sign up and stuff like that so we'll see hell yeah um we don't have any new news uh we don't have any stories mm-hmm. so i guess let's just jump straight into co-streaming and competitive league yeah so this season riot has changed their uh i guess their way of doing um sorry uh this season riot has um sorry i'm fucking around with settings and stuff like that really quick uh cool uh this season riot has changed how they're doing co-streaming because last season if you were part of riot's part uh partner program or whatever the fuck it's called uh you were able to just co-stream uh league i guess like you were able to co-stream lcs games is is the way to put it right Mm -hmm. um so and meaning literally anyone who was a uh co-streaming or was a league partnership program partner uh was able to co-stream it this season they completely turned that on its head um and made it so that only certain content creators can only approved league partner program creators can stream uh it this season right and that number that, that those people are like i think double lift sneaky ls dom and like maybe one or two more people. I can't find the exact list here. I was I was trying to find it uh, before we like went live. That's crazy. Um, but e- either way, it's like it's a very select amount of people, right? Which mm-hmm. is strange because about half of Riot's viewer numbers do come from co-streams now, which I think they're putting themselves in a weird predicament in general. Um, having your audience not be on your main broadcast, you know what I mean? It feels yeah. like Riot pumps a lot of money into their own bo- broadcast and having these other streamers be the biggest number of viewers is doesn't feel very great for their product, I guess. Right. And I, I wonder how that's going to end up shaping out in the next couple of years. Um, Cause personally I do like, I do prefer watching uh, co-streams. I don't really enjoy watching uh casting of like just basic league of legends. I, I usually either mute the cast or I'll watch a co-streamer and listen to their perspective. Someone like LS, right. Mm-hmm. 
But it's weird when Riot's product is now not really Riot's product. It is LS's product or Doublelift's product or whatever, right? And I, I want to know how this will shape out in the upcoming years. Um, do, like, do these partners have to only say Riot-approved things? Like, you assume that if you're Doublelift, you can't just shit on Riot now, right? If you're one of the five uh, co-streamers. Yeah, it's a really interesting position to be in, I guess, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, like, from a from an advertisement perspective, it's probably fine because you could still count those as, like, views, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's probably easier to count that as, like, a unique view um, uh, versus, like, all in the same stream. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm i not sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird that the content belongs to the co-streamers but also to um uh, but also to riot obviously because it's league of legends yeah um so i'm not sure have they have they like come out and said you can only say certain things or do we like do we know of anything like that uh no i but i think it's one of those things where if people do step over like what they are allowed to say i think we're going to see like repercussions right I, i i could see people's content being silenced because of uh Stuff like this, I guess. Yeah, it's really um, so I did find. Sorry, I did find the official list. Sorry, it, it's uh, oh, LS Doublelift, Sneaky Medios, uh, I will dominate, and Yasuo are the uh, people. And then uh, FlyQuest uh, has a Spanish like language stream because. Uh, so. Yeah. So no one else can co-stream. No one else can co-stream. No. That's wild. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing, right? Because there's a very select number of people. I, I would assume that like. If you have someone like Double of shitting on Riot, they would be like, hey, you can't do this or else we'll make it so you're not one of these select people that can do this now, right? It feels yeah, like... No, go ahead. So, go ahead. I was going to say, it, feel, it feels like a very slippery slope of... Um, I, I don't want to say that like they are going to like enforce this and make people... Um, yeah act in a certain way, but it definitely they definitely have the leverage to do it, I guess, is like my main uh, concern, right? Yeah, I think so as well, and... It, it really becomes an issue once they start shutting down, like, criticism of of, yeah. of the, their own broadcast. Um, because I think there's something to be said about, like, oh, this fucking sucks. Like, uh, the, the, these games are terrible. Like, if it's cons- – like, that, that kind of criticism isn't really helpful. Um, but, but, I don't know, criticizing bugs that happen or mm-hmm. – um, like referee decisions that are made or something like that. Like yeah. is, is, or, or camera work. Like that's, that's good and can be used to, yeah. um, to like better the product as a whole. And I think that's like, there needs to be a line between, you know, genuine criticism being okay. And, uh, kind of just like, I don't uh, baseless, like slander almost. Yeah. Um, be- because if they start, you know, banning people from co-streaming and it's in both of those scenarios obviously that's not good yeah for sure um my other concern is the fact that some of these content creators are signed to teams nick and i think this Mm. creates an unfair advantage for teams for example doublelift is a tsm streamer yeah right and if one of the five people uh through the league watch party program is a streamer for tsm right i'm not sure i, I think dominate still a streamer for cloud nine i, I want to say i think cloud nine and uh obviously yasso is a streamer for 100 thieves i'm not sure who mm-hmm. medios and sneaky uh are signed to and i know ls is obviously a skt uh or i guess a t1 streamer right yeah t1 um 
But here's the problem. If Doublelift, the biggest co-streamer out of them all, I think, at least it's Doublelift or LS, right, is bringing in people to TSM's streaming network, doesn't that seem unfair to other LCS teams where, like, what if CLG was able to sign a streamer to co-stream, right? I feel like that yeah. would bring in great, like, uh, brand awareness for CLG, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's crazy that it's limited in a very unfair way to allowing certain orgs to get ahead with this, right? Like, I feel like a much better system would be every team has two people that they're allowed to, uh, like, uh, create an application for to become a league watch party co-streamer or whatever. Right? Yeah. Like, it feels like that would be fair if, like, CLG was like, hey, we're going to make... Po- I know Paul Welter's an actual... <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> yeah. I thought Paul Welter... <laughs> it feel- really does feel like Paul Welter is a, <laughs> yeah. a streamer for them. But you know what I mean? Like, CLG's X streamer, right? Whatever yeah. streamer, right? If they want to co-stream a game, why can't they? Like, it feels like LCS teams it- should be allowed to do this. And it feels very unfair that TSM's allowed to, Cloud9's allowed to, 100 Thieves is allowed to but not the other seven or not the other six rosters. Cause FlyQuest also has their own like stream. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe don't know, that's it, like not that big of an issue, but it feels very unfair for like TSM's allowed to utilize st- their league streamers, content creators in a different way than other teams in the same league. I think it's just as a whole, it's kind of, I, I mean, I, I do agree. I think, um, I think this sort of helps the, like the rich get richer almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like these systems sort of exist just in, like LCS in general. Um, but I, I think, um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's like baseline weird that co-streaming is as uh, limited as it currently is anyway. Mm-hmm. You know why? I Obviously you can't have every single person co-stream because you won't be able to moderate all of that. But it seems weird that like it's, and, and maybe other people haven't applied for it. I don't, I, you know, there's a lot yeah. that could be going on behind the scenes, but I think if you have like pretty consistent viewership and you're, you know, willing to abide by whatever criteria or rules that Riot sets out, why aren't you able to co-stream? Isn't that just strictly better for Riot? It feels very much like they want to create a tight network of like people they can police. Maybe their advertisers weren't happy that like some some like league partner program people were like maybe covering up advertisements like you can't police every single league partner program yeah. creator because there's like a hundred of them right mm-hmm. whereas you could easily police these six streams right is my idea it just feels very strange that these ones were selected and it seems just based off of i guess size which maybe isn't like the weirdest metric to go off of but it just feels like I don't know, it feels like a very slippery slope. Like, tons of different games allow co-streaming, but none of them dwarf the actual main broadcast, right? Whereas, like, yeah. all these these streamers to combine, if all six of them are streaming, they will have more viewers than the LCS mainstream, which is, but I would say, concerning. I think it's... I, I think, like... So, I think the most direct comparison is, obviously, Dota. Um, yeah. Where I... I personally feel like the casting in Dota is superior because they don't have to necessarily abide by like professionalism rules to the to the extent that I perceive that Riot has to. Yeah. Uh, Riot casters do, right? If they I don't know, if they want to talk on a on a tangent about something for 20 minutes that's not truly related to the game as long as it's not interrupting the game, I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, there are hilarious scenarios that don't Ex- like that can't exist in other games because of the the type of casting that that is there um mm-hmm. and, and then i think like 
they just have more, I guess, interesting casters to to me personally. I think like Odie Pixel is probably the the best caster of all time across yeah. any sport. Like the dude is godlike. Um, and I, I think like having that and allowing them to just kind of exist and go have fun and, and talk about whatever the fuck they want to is sort of something that, you know, I see Doublelift and Medios and Sneaky doing, you know, because I, I think they're the most entertaining co-streamers, like personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I love watching the, I don't, I don't watch them live, but I love watching the, the YouTube videos that, that they put out. Um, Cause I think their commentary is, is like really laid back, really insightful when it needs to be, but they can also talk about, at least shooting cum shots and like, I don't know, stupid, yeah. like stupid shit like that. Like it's, it's more fun than hearing about how like Tristana is a good tower pusher again. Like, I, I, I don't know. Um, so I, I'm curious. I still think it would be more beneficial for right as a whole tool to open up the co-streaming like banner to people, I guess. Um, but like you said, maybe they can't police it enough to, feel comfortable with their product being spread out across that that far yeah i mean that was the old system right it was if you were a partnered uh league partner program person you could co-stream right which obviously mm. they're narrowing it down to this for whatever reason we'll have to see right like if next year we see them narrow it down to like three streamers or we see people's content change significantly then we'll know it's because they're trying to police their content a little more i think it's like kind of up in the air right now but i hope that the idea of like someone who's into League of Legends, if it's it's feasible that they go, hey, Doublelift streams LCS every week. I'm gonna go watch him. And if Doublelift doesn't stream LCS, like co-stream one day, they're not gonna watch LCS, and that's bad for viewership numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, exactly. And that, and that's sort of what I feel about um, like most of the like most of the uh, I don't know lack of co-streamers. I think yeah, limiting it only hurts the product while expanding it only helps. Um, and I think this is another thing where um, right is not taking a beneficial action because they fear a bad scenario possibly happening. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that philosophy, but I'm also not the person running the company and in charge of that huge, you know, product. <laughs> yeah. I just hope the league continues continues to grow. It's definitely starting to stagnate a little bit in North America. Uh, whereas like in other regions, it's still growing. And I hope maybe this is a system to turn it around, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't have high hopes currently. I would say. I, I don't either. Um, I personally don't watch a lot of North American LCS. Um, I don't find it as entertaining as other regions and international yeah. events. Um, and I, it's kind of like I find it kind of boring just because the the top teams always win. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I wish I wish there were a little more parity, but I really don't know how Riot can or plans to do that. <laughs> yeah. So that's fair. Yeah. I just wanted to talk a little bit about co-streaming. I think it's very interesting. It's very interesting that it's a bigger portion of their viewer base than people actually watching their main broadcast, which they probably pour millions of dollars into <laughs> so yeah, it's just definitely. it's just very interesting who knows maybe they're gonna like cut down on like their actual main broadcast and turn it into more of a uh like personality thing who knows we'll have to see where it goes in the next couple of years yeah that would be nice that'd be nice do you i i know we said we weren't going to but do you want to talk about the night items we're only uh like 23 minutes into the episode i so. i would love to i i have opinions about all of these so um we're talking <laughs> we'll about the see. two hallbreaker and uh anathema's chains 
I'm assuming, are the yeah, two? Uh, yes, yeah. Because the, the third one doesn't have, have uh, the support item doesn't have stats yet, I believe, right? I think it has stats. I don't have, I don't think it has the effect. The effect. Yeah, you did the uh, gold calculation for it on stream. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did do that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's cool. talk about it. Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about the chains, uh, which I'm going to call Anathema's chains. Or Do you have a better pronunciation for it? I'm just going to say chains. So. Chains, yeah. <laughs> A-chains, as we like to call it. I know it. how to pronounce that word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think about this item in general? So it is a 650 health item with 20 ability haste, uh, and it's active as choose a nemesis to start building a vendetta over 60 seconds uh, with a 90 second cooldown. So when they, uh, your vendetta takes up to 30% reduced damage, uh, sorry, you take up to 30% reduced damage from your nemesis, uh, 1% per vendetta stack, and when it's fully stacked, um, your nemesis has 20% reduced tenacity while near you. Um, so I think my first takeaway is 30% damage reduction is a lot, and it seems to be permanent against that target unless you switch after one minute, mm -hmm. um, which also seems like a really low requirement to to, to proc fully. Um, I, I wish that were inactive that had an increased effect for a much, much shorter time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. To, I don't, I don't know, to allow for more skill expression and not rely on just numbers being really high to, to counter high damage. Um, I think um, that can be changed, though, and I'm, I'm kind of fine with that mechanic overall. Uh, like I said, I think 30% is a little too high, but if it were like 25, 2015, like around that area, I think it would be... A little more fine um because just sorry go i was gonna go say just purely looking at it from a gold uh efficiency perspective you can't obviously calculate uh, ability haste efficiency because ability haste has different gold values based on your character with your cooldowns yada 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 yeah um, but the health portion of it isn't very gold efficient right like you st it is like a 60 percent gold efficient item without its passive without the ability haste which obviously ability haste could be a very efficient stat um but to me i look at it and I go hey this is not a very gold efficient thing you're literally just getting health and cooldown reduction at stat wise for 2500 gold right meaning mm -hmm. in my mind uh and i think the way that riot's trying to push this item is you don't build this item every game this is not a core item on any character in the game uh this is an item that you go oh fuck this person's gonna solo win the game we need to have something to make them uh get cc'd for longer uh to make me not get blown up by them yada 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 and i feel like this item hopefully with its intention of not being built every game is something that you can pick up in those scenarios where it feels like this character is going to 1v9 the game. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. I think it might... I mean, it's hard to, to say without actually seeing numbers for mm -hmm. build paths and things like that. I think it might be core on, obviously, characters with a lot of CC that don't necessarily need gold-efficient items. I think Leona, Alistair, Nautilus kind of come to mind. Yeah. Um, where, like, just having access to that much crowd control and... All they truly need is just health. Um, I think is is kind of the only characters I could see it being core on every game. Uh, but it's also really like expensive for supports to afford. Yeah. Um, after you know, mythic after boots, uh, because I don't, I don't think it's going to be anyone's first item. Like I I don't think that's the case. Um, but 
Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I would also like to see the range that the tenacity reduction is. Um, yeah. Because we know that you can activate it globally, which is a little weird. I think that's just, like, yeah. not that it's, that's a big deal, but, like, in theory, you could buy it on support and click on their top laner while you're bottom lane, and then by the time you get to the dragon fight a minute later, it's fully charged, which is a little weird to me, um, but hey, I mean, I, if you, even if you do it against your lane, you buy it in base activated on your laner and then 30 seconds have gone by and you have 15% damage reduction against them. Yeah. Like, like by the time I, you I, get to lane, <laughs> I think that's a little strange. Uh, I'm assuming yeah, the idea yeah. for that is you can't be, you can't be in combat while doing it. So walking into lane in theory, someone could like start fighting you immediately and you're never, never able to proc it, which I understand is the, maybe the intention, but it feels weird casting an, uh, an item like this globally on an enemy um that being said i think the range for the tenacity reduction is a huge uh point of contention here right because if it is like 500 range then it means you have to be on top of them for them to get tenacity reduction right where if it's like 1500 range then this that's like an ezreal q and a half right where like as long as you're in a fight they're gonna have tenacity reduction but if you have to be like melee range of them i i think this item is like way less uh oppressive because i don't think the numbers um, are anywhere on the pv i didn't see anything when i was looking earlier but maybe you have them yeah so it takes um takes 60 seconds to fully stack yeah uh, it counts as a legendary um and the tenacity range is 500 around 500 okay so that's interesting right because that's the mm-hmm. uh average attack range of characters so it means you at least have to probably be the one applying the cc for it to have um the tenacity effect because i saw people like jerking off about the fact that in theory morgana can build this exactly yeah morgana can build this plus ability haste and then she can just queue people on cooldown they can never move right but but you have to be within 500 range of them yeah morgana has to be halfway through her q range to be able to do that which i don't think very many morganas want to do for example so like that alone i think will limit it to like kind of bruisery characters or tanks and stuff like that which which feels like the characters it's probably meant for rather than like someone to make their cc longer yeah exactly exactly and i i think that's a good uh choice by riot um i i don't necessarily like the tenacity reduction itself um yeah i think it probably should only it it shouldn't drop you negative i think is is the the big issue that i have with it Mm -hmm. um excuse me i'm sorry uh it should probably like drop to zero and only reduce tenacity if that value is greater than one yeah. Um, I I don't think characters should be buying it to extend their CC combo. Yeah. Right. You should you should be which is what currently people are talking about it. Like I've I've only seen people saying like fucking Leona loves this item. Uh, like Nautilus yeah. loves this item because they have a lot of CC and can extend it, which isn't wrong. You know, I I would I would agree with that. Um, but at the same time, I think uh I I think it it shouldn't drop below negative, uh, which wouldn't increase your CC against um 80 carries for the most part uh in in general um and then i think uh, uh um i think it's kind of good otherwise um, i do think a lot of not to like shit on people but a lot of the general community who is like of the average elo people try to look for stuff like that the the goofy things that they think happen will happen in games i know that happened a lot with um Remember, the, what was the green item called? The one that lowered your cooldowns uh, other than your ultimate uh, when you auto-attack? Uh, oh, like Spear of Shoujin? Spear of Shoujin, yeah. Like, I, I, as a Tom Kench main, every single fucking post on the subreddit when that item came out was, 
oh my god, if you do this build with Spirit Shoujin, you can have infinite CC on your Q. It's like, yeah, and that build was never good because it's a gimmicky thing that has to, you have to have so many things go right, right? Uh, I just think that a lot of like stuff, the people who are thinking like, oh my god, I'm going to build this as a way to increase my CC are thinking about the item in the wrong way. Yeah, I, um, I agree. Uh, I don't think negative 20% tenacity is is as effective as people think it is. Yeah. Um, unless, unless you have probably like, at the very least, three forms of crowd control of hard CC um, and... yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't um, think it's bad on Nautilus or Leona. I just don't think that typically you're going to be seeing this built as a way to extend CC. It's going to be built as a way to shut down a carry, right? You're not going yeah. into the game going, I'm building this on Leona because I need to CC someone longer, right? You're mm-hmm. going, oh, fuck, I'm playing Leona and this is really good on me and they have someone who's fed who I can, like, make them do less damage to me and CC for them for longer. Like, Yeah, which which is, I think, the intent of the item. Yeah, hopefully. So so that's really good. Uh, I Again, I, I guess I do think 30% is a lot. Yeah, for how little you have to do to get it to that value, mm-hmm. um, but I think I mean I think otherwise I, it's a really good item like for the game. I mean I literally had we have people in our Discord who are very smart people thinking that it was one percent per minute, and they're like oh like and but like so obviously that would be a bad item. But the fact yeah. that people thought that that was a possibility shows you how strong. Uh, the thirty percent over a mi- uh, full minute is like rather than like one percent a minute, right? Like the yeah, fact that exactly. that can even be confused shows like the power of like damage reduction, like yeah, at a, in a short period of time, like yeah. And I, I think that's the biggest that's the biggest issue with it is like thirty percent is just a lot, and I imagine that's after armor and everything already. Yeah. Um, so I I just I have a nightmare of hitting a a tank with not even a tank hitting a character with this item. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, Ninja Tabby as an auto attack based character, and you just healing them essentially. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think uh, I, I don't know. I think that's enough discussion about that. Yeah, let's move on to the second item, which is Hullbreaker, which <laughs> we talked a little <laughs> bit about on the last show because it came out right as we finished recording. Yeah. Um, but the stats on Hullbreaker are it's 2,800 gold, uh, 50 attack damage, 300 health, 150% base health regen, and it's uh, passive is called uh, Boarding uh, Party. While no mm-hmm. allied champions are nearby, you gain 20 to 45 armor and magic resist and 20% increased damage to towers. Large near. Nearby large minions gain 60 to 135 armor and magic resist and 200 inc- increased damage to towers. So it has a banner of command, which is an old item for those who are newer to the game, uh, type passive, plus it makes you tankier when you're alone. Yeah, um, I think uh, the one thing that's not listed is it gives your large minion a, a pirate hat. <laughs> that is crazy. That's the visual they decided to go for. Like, that's the, that's I mean, the final. I, I like it. I like it. It's it's funny. Um, but I mean, what do you what are your th- what are your thoughts on the item? Because I think I think our thoughts differ. Uh, I guess first of all, just to confirm, uh, I believe the two passives are they both tied to the no uh, nearby allies uh, mechanic, or is it uh, only the first part of it that's tied to that? I it, think only the first part is. I thought I'm so. Not, as well. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm just doing that based off how the English language works with periods. Uh, but do, do you have a? Uh, do you have the the actual wording for it up? Yeah, I mean, like it literally is. Uh, while no allied champions are nearby, you gain twenty to forty five armor and magic resist and twenty percent increased damage to towers. Period, and then it goes into nearby large minions. Yada yada yada. Are the, are those two separate passives? They're, or are they the same? They're the same passive, but like there is a period between them. So it's okay, I'm not yeah. sure. I I don't I don't think 
I think that the, they're independent of one another based on yeah, based on the period. Yeah, I'm assuming that it's like when no when no allied champions are near you, you get the armor magic resist. But yeah. regardless, your minions are big. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I would assume. Yeah, it's it's um, weird wording either way. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I I think the main problem we had Nick when we discussed it briefly was that <laughs> this item is gold efficient uh, naturally. Uh, it is disgustingly gold efficient naturally. Yeah. Uh, it is. I I had the numbers up. Um, I, I did the numbers. I think it is 114% before any of the passives with just base stats. Yep. Uh, I believe it is uh, around 140% with with the low end of the 20 armor yep. and 20 MR. And then up to like 177% gold efficient with 45, which is obviously based on level. Um, so when you're level 18, the item is 177% gold efficient. And that doesn't include... Uh, any of the bonus damage to turrets and any of the minion stuff. Yeah, so that it's, stuff's it's, unquantifiable, of course. It's, yeah, yeah, but it's probably, like, if we were able to, probably getting close to 200% gold efficient. Like, yeah. Pretty pretty safely safely saying that. Um, I think that's, like, issue number one. Obviously, items that... Uh, items shouldn't be this gold efficient unless they're Medjai's, right? And I think, yeah. um, I think that's based on a stack you know, mechanic that doesn't exist for any other item in the game. Some people would um, argue even Magi's shouldn't be that gold efficient. <laughs> I, I don't think it should be either, but I yeah. think that's the only one I, I would accept, you know, yeah, I, I think around like 120% is probably the, the high limit. Um, yeah. I, th- I think that's probably like, okay, anything beyond this is a problematic item. Um, so I think, I think that's issue number one. Uh, issue number two, I'm not a huge fan of split pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it kind of takes away from team fighting, which is to me the most interesting part of the game. I I think anything that reduces the um, the the number of t- the frequency of team fightings is is something that is not going to be good for the game. Uh, it, and I think it just sort of reward like this particular item kind of rewards playing a style that isn't something that I find enjoyable, yeah. like. No one come near me at all. Like, period. Stay like I'm gonna stay in this lane for the entire game. I'm gonna push it down and they can't like they can't reply to me because I have this like item that makes me super tanky. Um and then I sorry to sorry to kind of take over this, hijack this. No, you're good. Um I think my my final issue is that I really don't like that the, the item strength results in minions that are harder for champions to kill. The current <laughs> wording indicates that the min the large minion just gets armor and MR. Not yep. that it's tanky versus towers. It's just tanky. Um yep. and I think that's something that is really frustrating to me. I personally I hate I hate the Baron buff that, that minion that minions receive when you have it. Um I think it's not I obviously I know what I exist so the games could be you know could be yeah, closed they out. Ended, yeah. Um so the games aren't ninety minutes long like they used to be. Um, I, I just don't find it fun to for a character to sit behind their their minion buffing it up. You can't interact with their champion because they just disengage and the minion still pushes. And then you, it's hard for you to kill the minion because it's been buffed up for so long. Um, so I, I guess that's like my three big issues with the item. Yeah. Uh, because I guess, but I guess that's like kind of the item as a whole. I don't know if I like anything about the item. Yeah. So. In general, I guess the way I'm, I would look at this from a 
gameplay design perspective is that typically bruiser characters do build gold efficient items, right? AD carries build the yeah. most gold efficient items in the game, typically, followed by bruisers, followed by mages, followed by I guess like I supports are in there somewhere. I actually don't know where supports are. Supports are fall. probably pretty high. Um, yeah, but all their items do have very good actives, so it, typically if you have a really good actives, like, your gold efficiency on stats is lower, right? That's why tank mm-hmm. items are, I don't think there's a single tank item that is gold efficient based off stats. Most of them are, like, uh, I mean, dead bands being the worst offender, where it's 60% scaling up to 80% at max stacks, right? Uh, yeah. With current, like, d- d- uh, tank items are just super not gold efficient. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that this item is gold efficient with its stats because it is built on bruiser-type characters, split pushers, if you will. I have lots of gripes with it. I think in its current state, it will be built on every single split pusher in the game every game. Yep. Uh, it's just too gold efficient. It's too good. There's no real way of countering it. I would love to see some sort of mechanic where, yeah, you get the active when no allied characters are new near, but I would love to see that active reduced the more enemy characters are near or something like that. So, like, <laughs> it feels like your best bet is one person just goes and deals with them and just tries to hold them but it's not like you get rewarded for sending multiple people to deal with them there's no way to counter this item's active other than maybe your character also builds this item and then you negate it right Uh, yeah it it feels bad in the fact that like yeah there's no real counter to it i guess uh Mm -hmm. i also have an issue that once again i don't know how this works i haven't played with it yet but if it works uh tangentially with baron then i'm pissed uh, if Baron cannon minions <laughs> get the range buff, the damage buff, the tanky buff, and do double damage now, I don't know what the fuck's going on, man. Look, I, I I don't know how it wouldn't though. That kind of seems yeah. um that it it kind of seems like it just has to, right? Yeah, like that's there, that's what I mean as well. Like it feels like there's no way it doesn't uh work like that. But holy fuck, man, those Baron Caddy minions already do so much damage yeah. to towers. Imagine them doing double damage. They're harder to kill by, like, upwards of 200, uh, 140 magic-resistant magic armor. Like, that's mm-hmm. it feels so unfun. Like, all, all yeah. that feels not very good. I, this item probably needs to have its active... Oh, sorry, it's active. It's passive reduced by a fair bit. Um, honestly, I, I think even re- removing the nearby large minion thing would be absolutely fine, personally. But we'll have to see. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's kind of hard to to like have a definitive fix for something that's not out yet. Yeah, of um, course. Like we're definitely judging this too early. But once again, we're playing from the perspective of Banner of Command was not healthy for the game. Was no. fucking annoying as fuck to play against, and got removed because they decided it wasn't good for the game. And this is yeah. a pseudo version of Banner of Command in a very stat efficient item form. Yeah. Rather than yeah. having to waste a summoner spell for Banner of Command. Oh, yeah. Sorry, or. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, what, what yeah was, exactly. But there, what was the uh, summoner spell? Was there a summoner spell? Am I crazy? Uh, I mean, fortify. Rally, rally, rally is what I was thinking of. Sorry. Oh God, rally. That's that's old as fuck. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I guess fortify getting... word for turrets. Yeah, banner command was the item. Sorry, my apologies. But yeah, they're yeah. Like, very similar to how rally worked in like season one. Like promoting minions has not been a good thing for League of Legends overall. Yeah, I, I think the only exception personally is Zizirot. I, I think that yeah was a fine item um, because it, it didn't have great stats. It had a pretty good active that was counterable because of its short range, but if left unchecked, you know, it was obviously very powerful. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's the way that items like this have to work is that you should be able to counter it, but if you don't, it's, they're going to shred turrets. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the best way to do it, but yeah, I, I agree. There's, there doesn't seem to be any, any like 
current counterplay for it. Um, and it leads to a very, uh, very frustrating style of play to, uh, for, for, I think, honestly, nine of the 10 players in the game. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's fun for anyone except for the person split pushing. Like, I so. don't think it's a big improvement, but what if it was like you had even more increased damage to turrets and you made minions even stronger, but only while there was no character characters nearby you? Like, it, that's still the split push thing, right? But at least you counter it by going and matching them. You know what I mean? Like, it feels yeah. like I just want a tangential way to... Or not tangential. I just want, like, a tangible way to deal with this, right? Because right now yeah. it sounds like as a top laner who deals who, like, plays split pushers to split push, my way of playing risk them is I go in and I fucking sit there and just take it <laughs> mm-hmm. like i just yeah. fucking just take a beating while they beat the shit out of my tower and are way tankier than they should be like yeah that, I, I think you have to fun. tie i think you have to tie the the minion strength to the enemy team and not the allied team um yeah i, mean, I think sanguine blade was a an excellent example of this i don't think it got purchased you know very frequently it was too niche um but the fact that you could send two people in you know suddenly Sanguine Blade went from being like 150% gold efficient to what, like 85%? Yeah. Was like definitely the way to handle that. And it puts proactivity on the um, on the side of the, the enemy rather than yeah. the person who just buys the item and sits there. Oh, for sure. So. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Like once again, these items aren't out. We obviously don't know. Like who knows? They might even get number adjustments before they go to live. It sounds like they're, they're ready to be shipped, but... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're changed uh, pretty uh, intensely over the next like couple weeks. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. I agree. Nice. Uh, let's jump into the roundtable then. Yeah. So last week's question was, what is your dream roster move for competitive League, competitive League of Legends? Um, from our Twitter, um, Robert said, King for, King for Sven. <laughs> True, man. <laughs> Just give me back the best day to carry. Um <laughs> Uh, Bartek said T1 Faker role swapping to jungle. I think Faker role swapping to jungle or support would be an awesome move for League of Legends. It'd be so. I think so cool. too. I I hope he swaps to support because I think yeah. he has the 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 macro to to make those plays. Um, if he doesn't still have the micro. Yeah, and last from Twitter, Joby said C9 Whippo. I would love to see that. That'd be Ooh, really cool. That'd be uh, fun. <laughs> and then from our Discord, I grabbed a couple. One from Lacona. He says this might be a little bit wild, but double if rejoins pro and goes to Mad Lions. Kaiser will uh, force feed him kills, and you can constantly rely on uh, Elioia hmm. and Armut uh, to do things when he gets camped in groups. Alternatively, I'd like to see MLXG back in China. He was Hell very exciting yeah. to watch, and his career was short, and it's very successful. I mean, the reality is, double if could still be a pro AD carry. Maybe not like a top, like definitely not on the world stage. I don't think anymore. Like top of like worlds whereas i think like i know people meme on people rating na players like high at the world stage but double lift was a good player and i feel like people yeah, don't give good. him at least that credit is like is a little crazy but he could easily be on like a a top tier na or eu team i think and do fine still oh absolutely i i think so as well um, that being said he's making buku bucks streaming so <laughs> yeah for real yeah uh, cool. Next one's from uh, Jazzy Juggernaut, and he says, uh, "Definitely bring back Dyrus. Like I know he's, I know he's song long since moved on, but Dyrus uh, is legit the main reason why I enjoy pro games. Even to this day, I'm still a diehard TSM fan. The days of Odd One Reggie and Dyrus playing together will always be the golden years for me." Dude, Dyrus, I think hates League. I, I, <laughs> from what I understand, he definitely does. 
it it's like you know the days where like every streamer had to stream Fortnite because like that was the game and they would just be killing their stream if they weren't streaming Fortnite. Mm-hmm. It feels like he had that with League of Legends where yep. he was known for League of Legends. If he wasn't streaming League of Legends, people would ask him to stream League of Legends. And if he was streaming League of Legends, he wanted to die. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the case. Um, he has since been playing a lot of Apex uh, with like QDPI, yeah. um, Shifter, like that that sort of group. Um, and I believe he has mentioned several times that his opinion is that League sucks ass and he'll never yeah. play it. At least, like, competitively. Like, he'll never I try to f- grind challenger or something. Yeah, I feel for them, though. Like, if you play, like, that many hours of a game, man, it must feel good not to play it again. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, at some point, like, even if you really, really, really enjoy something, uh, the moment it becomes a job and yeah. something that you're required to do, I think it, it the, the mentality that you have towards it will shift over time yeah. period you know whether that be to like a, you know a small amount of dislike for it or like a hatred for it like I, I think it that amount of exposure and like being forced to to do something that there are some days where i'm sure a lot of league streamers don't want to play league but they need the like they need the income you know that's they need to maintain their the brand um that they so they force themselves to play and and Every day, it just becomes like a, a little bit, a little bit worse for them to, in terms of enjoyment. Oh, for sure. And last but not least, we got one from Drew, and he says Chovy to Afrika, unbeatable topside. That would be crazy, uh, uh, Chovy. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to see Chovy in like, I mean, honestly, on any team, or I would love to see him play a different role on a team with a good, another good mid. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. did you happen to see? That uh, Showmaker has been... Sorry, we're going back to Competitive League. Yeah. Has been spamming AD carry games? I'm very interested. I don't think... Question like, mark? It's probably just because you probably have to play AD carry as a mid laner right now. I think AD carries are super good too, like a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, who knows? Maybe there's a world where he plays AD carry and then Pete, they get a different mid. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. Like, the, the reality is, is like... The only reason Damwon is a fucking not best in the world team right now is because Barrel and Ghost aren't aren't playing great. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, if Showmaker wants to take AD carry and maybe like Chovy shows up on Damwon, then ooh, that's a little spicy. That'd be uh, that'd be pretty poggers, honestly. Yeah. Anyways, uh, this week's roundtable question: Riot has partnered with the franchise of your uh, dreams to create new skins. What franchise would you like to see Riot partner with, and what uh, is a skin that you'd like to see from it? Ooh, that's tough. There's so many. I feel like there are so many good um, like franchises to choose. Yeah, I think I'd want to see something like I'd want to see something super memey. Yeah, like McDonald's Mordekaiser or something like that. <laughs> or he's like the uh, fucking Hamburglar or something like that. Yeah, I think I think something like yeah. that would be like really funny, and I think fit well with with sort of the the uh, the partnership. Because um, I don't th- I don't think it should be anything serious, mm-hmm. like uh, I don't like Nike Riot. I, like I don't, I don't think I'd be as hyped for that as like I don't even like McDonald's, but I think <laughs> like forcing a champion to to say something like. Make sure you get a McDonald's like after a kill or some <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> like, yeah, that's funny. I think that would be crazy. Um, mine is I would like to see them partner with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then they just give Ramus four skins uh, with the different like turtles, but he just has different bandanas, like just the different color bandanas, Ooh. and that's all. He, he's just Ramus, but he has like 
a red bandana or a blue bandana or a purple bandana or an orange bandana, and that's it. That's their partnership with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that would be so sick. That'd be really, really cool. That would cool. be so sick. Yeah. Anyways, if you want to tell us what your dream partnership is for Riot and what skit you would like to see come out of that, you can hit us up on our Facebook page at Leadcast, our Twitter at Leadcast, send us an email, mail leadcastpodcast.com, or pop into our Discord and post in our roundtable section. Sick. Um, let's jump into Mail Fight. Uh, the first email is from Dragon. What is your favorite champion quote? I have three. Swain, it is, uh, it is there in the silence after battle. It is there in me. Uh, Pantheon, because we fall, the climb must be our destination. And Silas, an, a shepherd without a flock is just an idiot with a stick. Dragon. I, I like yeah. that Silas quote a lot. Um, uh, I, I, think you, I think you're picking the wrong Swain quote. Because I think that one should be uh, uh, sitting on the throne doesn't make you a king. It, it only means you have an ass. I think that one's yeah. so, so good. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I, I mean, I'd probably have to go with like Tom Kench, Tom Kench quote. Uh, I think he has like just he has so many fucking quotes. He's back from that era where they would make him have like a taunt quote for every single character yeah. in the game sort of thing. Um, that being said, my favorite quote for him is uh, when someone has three stacks on them and you're like just you click on them like to run at them he just yells hunger sometimes <laughs> oh, which is sick. funny that's he, sick. i don't know i i love the era of like them having a thousand quotes for every character it just feels so good yeah. you just you just don't hear them like very often i think for specific scenarios and i think t- like tom kench is a really fantastic champion to do it mm-hmm. for um I, I i like when he spits out an enemy character and he says Ugh, disgusting yeah like that's so funny it's just like um, it, it's just so cool like he also he's also like i don't think very many characters use it all anymore he also has quotes for buying like 30 different items in the shop right like his, yeah, his quotes I, I know for buying the... merc treads are uh, i have a hunger for nice shoes <laughs> <laughs> which is just like um, it's just so good there are a lot of characters that do but I, yeah i think you're right i think they've kind of shied away from that a little bit mm-hmm. um but yeah he's he's got really good quotes yeah it's great cool Thank you, Dragon. Next email is from Matt. Hey, boys, Matt here coming at you with the first email. I've been listening to the podcast for about three months now, and I have to say it is by far the best league and other gaming podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. From the intro music to the natural camaraderie between you three, it's hard to stop listening. Anyway, question for you or y'all if Colton is reading. <laughs> Who do you guys think is the most basic slash easiest champion besides that fucking cat on a pillow to carry a game that requires very little skill? Easiest to the point where... If and when they become fed and overpowered, you just sit back and think, well, anyone could get this fed on this champ. I only ask because I firmly believe all Master Yi's deserve to lose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that uh, that champion is ridiculously easy to master. Uh, it frustrates me when a Yi zooms down to bot lane and uh, fruit ninjas my thresh looking ass with basically one ability, only to spam their mastery level seven in the SpongeBob font icon. Let me know your thoughts. Ye is one of my top five go-to bands right now. Last thing, I just wanted to express some gratitude. Not only are you guys knowledgeable about the game, but as a podcast, you guys are just easy on the ears. Can't tell uh, you how many podcasts I've tried where the hosts just yell into their mics and argue with each other about random shit. It's awesome that you three generally see the game the same way, but even if you don't, the conversation still stays mature, respectful, and informative. Keep it up. Nothing but good things. Thanks. Uh, thanks, guys. Matt. Uh, awesome. That's really sweet. Um yeah, definitely appreciate the, the the feedback. I I gotta see Garen's probably the easiest champ in the game. Uh, I think he has a lot of like skill expression in his W, and that's maybe maybe his interaction with Conqueror. Like maybe you would ult early 
to get it heal back from your conqueror yeah. to keep you alive. But I, I think he's really easy for the most part. Uh, to, and, and if you get ahead, it is really, really hard to lose uh, mm-hmm. on that uh, on that champion. Uh, what about you, Aiden? Um, so mine's silly, Nick, because it's something that we talked about on the Discord before, oh, no. and I had the opposite opinion. And I do have oh, to say, no. you were right. Um, it's Viego. Like I think Viego is relatively difficult to play. Don't get me wrong, but. I've seen so many fucking Viego carry characters players carried out of whatever shit fuck Elo they were last season to whatever they are this season. Almost yep. every player that you see who has like over fifty games on Viego is a couple divisions at least higher than they were last season. I haven't seen one not do well on that character. Sure, he's hard to learn. Sure, he has in theory one of the hardest like our highest skill ceilings in the game because. In theory, in Fight Snake, you should go, oh, I should kill this person, get their abilities to use on this person, to blow them up, to get this person, to turn into this yeah. person, do this. That is not the case. <laughs> Usually, you just hit, choose someone, blow them up in one hit, turn into them, blow someone else up with one hit, turn into them, blow them up in one hit. It, it feels like there's very little nuance with that character uh, when there should have yeah. been a lot. And I am sorry, Nick. You did say you uh, on the Discord were arguing that like every Viego main is higher yellow mm-hmm. than they used to be. And I said... Ah, yep. not really like I, I i disagree no it's true man i don't know a single player who isn't getting carried by that character i guess <laughs> yeah it's um it's kind of wild if you sort of start to quantify his um or, or break down his passive into yeah. di- digestible bits he is a character that with a single auto attack right mm-hmm. um Becomes invulnerable for a couple seconds. Yeah. Heals for a maximum percentage of his HP. Plus, I assume you're taking Triumph because what else would you take yeah. on that on, on that row? Um, plus, essentially, resets the cooldowns of all the uh, of all the abilities that the target you know it has. Yeah. Um, and gets to recast his ultimate, which is another execute. Like, and it's a fucking blink too. Like you can go over walls with it. Like the yeah. other times where like if Viego like kills three people and then you're like, ah, I'm gonna kill him though. And then he just fucking alts over a wall and you go, oh, that's that is a movement ability too. Oh, I, that- I was just talking about his passive. Oh yeah, no, I was talking about like his, <laughs> that, it, it's so yeah, dumb. I mean, like his entire kit has a lot in it. Um, but I think like once you start to yeah, like break it down into those little bites to to sort of fully understand the character. Boy, he's got a lot of stuff that you can't really fuck up. It, like very much like crazy. I've talked about this a ton on my stream, but it, it they very much designed him to negate every weakness of his role. Like typically, I would call him an assassin. I know he's not really an assassin, but he kind of plays like an assassin, right? Yeah, where you blow your entire uh, all your cooldowns and kill someone. Um, it feels like the counterplay of assassins, like say a Talon. Talon goes in one hit someone, but then Talon doesn't have abilities right mm-hmm. viego goes in and one hits someone and then he resets all of his cooldowns because he becomes a different character yeah of which might be magic damage that you if you say you're say i'm laying against viego right i'm beating him up he kills my ap shivana and i have full armor and then he one hits yeah. me because he does <laughs> magic damage now it just like yeah i i dude i i think there's so many problems with this design it feels like they made a like whiteboard list of every single weakness that characters like him have and they just designed his kit to 
like avoid all those weaknesses. Yeah, which is a shame because I think his like his overall like thematic design is really sick. Oh, he's cool as fuck. Like, like I, you I kill someone idea. and you yeah. take them over. Like that's yeah. so cool. It's just like when you have a character that has all of those things like in it and then has like percent max HP like or percent current HP damage which scales really high when your target is full HP mm-hmm. and then an execute on top of that that resets on kill it starts to become really problematic because there's not a lot you can do against that. Right. Yeah. And, and he's, he's got auto attacks. He doesn't have many like necessary skill shots. I'll say he maintains his Q passive through like mm-hmm. transformation, which is insane. Um, there, yeah. There's just a lot of things that like a, a lot of small little things that could be changed about the character without gutting him that probably make him a little more fair, like to play against. It just would be so cool, man, if, like, you saw a Viego play, and you're like, holy fuck, it was really cool how he turned into this character to use this one ability and then turn back into, his, into himself because, like, his abilities are actually just better than that character's. But usually yeah. it's he turns into a character, uses all their abilities, kills someone, turns into them, uses all their abilities, kills someone else. It feels like there's no nuance in, like, designing how to play it. Whereas, yeah, it, it starts to feel a little bit like, uh, like, broken Ophelios. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really like, obviously you're supposed to play the character with the optimal gun combos and set up, you know, yeah. prior to team fights and, and you, the enemy should play around the gun combos you have, yeah. but it, you just end up doing way too much damage because your character is just broken. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's, it, I don't know. It's one of those things where like, I feel like a screenshot of a team fight before it happens and saying, what should Viego do here is way more interesting than what transpires 99% of the time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For it's sure. just a little disappointing, but either way, uh, hopefully he gets some nerfs. And I, I feel like he's a character that after a couple, like, nerf cycles, uh, he might be really interesting to watch. Uh, I think, like, a big issue with him, his his balance, is that he did miss a lot of competitive time. Yeah. Um, between release and, and first, like, pick. That I, I think he avoided, like, a lot of the nerfs that he should have had. Yeah. Just because, just because of that, honestly. I agree. Um, but yeah, super cool. Uh, thank you, Matt. Sorry for tangenting, uh, that hard. Um, next email is from Elliot. So I'm wondering if you guys might have a better understanding on why CLG is so trash on paper, except maybe like Pobelter CLG should be a good team, but have shown that they get pretty lucky with the few wins they have. Do you think it's synergy issue that keeps CLG on the bottom or is it a money thing? Wasn't Broxa supposed to help take them to the top and Finn too? Just curious on your guys' thoughts, Elliot. Um, I mean, as someone who watches a lot of CLG, unfortunately. Uh, their biggest issue currently is Pellbelter and Smoothie. I, I would t- yeah. kind of keep them tied. Uh, I think they're both just like... It, they're obviously still really good at the game, but I don't think they have a firm grasp on the characters that are meta at the moment, and, mm-hmm. and maybe that changes. But watching Pellbelter play Lee Sin makes me want to fucking gouge my eyes out. Um, and then watching Smoothie play literally anything is 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 just super frustrating um so i I think that's like the 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 biggest roster issue i i do think they've gotten a little bit unlucky with some of the the signings that they've had i mean yeah they sound they signed crown right (laughs) who was supposed to come in and and be like a super solid mid lane easily like top two i think who just kind of shit like shot the bed yeah i'm not blue out competitive yeah I, i don't think that's clg's fault you know i i think at the time, Crown was a super solid signing. Yeah. Um, but it, it just sort of like happened that way. 
you know, they, they were supposed to sign um, Ruin, who looked really good in the Turkish league and then sort of never transitioned here. Um, it, I, I think, like, in that scenario, I think they've gotten a, a little unlucky. Um, and then I, I do think it's a it's sort of a money thing. You know, I don't think MS uh, Madison Square Garden is, is a poor company, but I don't think that they necessarily value dumping the resources that CLG needs to succeed into the team the way that TSM cloud nine team liquid like hundred thieves is, is going to yeah. uh, and, and have been. So I, I think those are the, kind of the biggest issues with CLG. Um, I honestly am fully expecting them to sell their spot kind of in I mean, the they make future. profit on it. Like is like the reality is like uh Schalke selling their spot for what? 30 million, 30 euros? million pounds, pounds or whatever. Whatever currency it is. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, I don't know. That's a, that's a pretty big, profit turn on it um and, and i think i i would imagine that the nalcs spots are probably more valuable probably um, i would agree like i i think that even though lcs is a weaker region i think typically sponsorships and uh stuff is just like a bigger market i guess in na i could be wrong yeah could be talking about mass but i'm i'm pretty certain i do want to yeah, say I, though, I, I could like, be too it just feels that way <laughs> not to like sim for clg but i do think that a lot of lcs comes down from if you're at the bottom and you don't have the money just to buy your way up, you are probably going to stay at the bottom for a while. It definitely takes a oh, long yeah. time to cycle yourself through. Like, look at a team like uh, Golden Guardians. Golden Guardians did fucking great last season. Um, like, last, like, actually, like, last year uh, sort of thing. Yeah. Right? And then they were going to do even better this year. They were going to pick up a, a player like Licorice to, like, fucking finalize their insane roster. But mm-hmm. what happened instead? They lost their funding through NBA, right? Um, so, what happened? Their four best players got poached. They literally lost Huhi, FBI, Demonte, and Closer. Like yeah. <laughs> you, you lost four players. Who, like, and they they all went to hundred thieves. Like, how do you deal with that? The way that you deal with it is you're able to pay your players more, so that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to sell players. How how does a bottom team do that if you? If you can't get money from winning LCS, you can't get sponsorships because your team isn't doing well. You can't sign bigger streamers to bring in brand awareness. It's just a repeating cycle of like you're you're gonna make less and less every year playing at this league. You're gonna have less and less fans, and you're gonna have less money to spend on your roster to actually like make them better. And it just feels it's it's so fu- it's such a fucking bad system. I think, man. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I've talked about this, and I mean, we've talked about this before, where. The bottom teams are likely going to stay at the bottom because there's no. This is going to sound a little contradictive. There's no benefit for finishing in the bottom, right? Yeah. In a lot of other sports that have established non, uh, like non relegation type leagues, yeah, there are benefits to finishing towards the bottom. You get a higher, yeah, you know, place. You get a lower placement in the draft, which is is beneficial. Um, and that doesn't exist in league. I don't think there is a system that allows it to exist in league currently, or at least in, in LCS and ALCS. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say like these teams should just get more money. The, the, like the lower you finish, mm-hmm. because that seems kind of like a, a really shitty bandaid fix for it. But at this point, I don't, I don't know of any other way to distribute the resources that the way that they should be distributed around the, around the league. Like there, there's no way that CLG and TSM should be getting the same amount of funding from Riot's profits because one of these teams is going to be top three always. And the other team is going to need to be extremely lucky to, to place in the top five. I guess like a good way of looking at it, in my opinion, would be look at any team that's finished bottom three in LCS ever 
sort of thing. And how did they get out of bottom three if they did? Usually it's they didn't and they sold their spot. That's usually yep. the answer. Um, but if they did, it's because they just pumped a fuck ton of yep. money into their org, right? Like when yep. T- Team Liquid finishes last, they just buy a bunch of players. When mm-hmm. uh, uh, 100 Thieves finishes last, 100 Thieves is a fucking massive org. They fucking buy a better coach, buy better players. Like, And when yep. you're an org like CLG, Golden Guardians... Um, I think FlyQuest is probably the best example of someone who's kind of been able to turn it around a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's, once again, that's just through like, re- like a really, really slow approach, right? Like they have a really good marketing strategy to get fans on board without having really good players. Um, the fucking uh, like C-Quest and, stuff. Yeah. yeah, like that's just like, that's that's a really good way to, or even like signing a, 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 their, their jungler, their Latin American jungler. Like they get a huge, like, a bunch of fans who now want to watch any LCS to watch this uh, player play, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, not to say that that he's not a good jungler, but I think signing him over any other NA jungler is probably better, for, like for their overall like fan like uh, base. Oh, prob- I mean, probably, yeah. I think I think he's looked really good so far. Yeah. Um, but I, I would agree with you. Like, it sounds silly, but like, what if, if CLG signed like? Let's just say I'm a cutie pie played league still. If C- if CLG signed I'm a cutie pie, it probably might be a better decision than anything else. You know what I mean? Because, oh, for sure. At least the team would be fun to watch. Yeah, they're still going to be last, right? They're not going to win yeah. games, but at least you have fucking fans of I'm a cutie pie watching your games. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I'm really surprised we haven't seen a team at the bottom of like the standings just go, fuck it. We'll put in some of our content creators who are like good yep. at the game. Like, <laughs> yeah. At least you had, well, f- I, you had I think, fans watch. Like, I, I think there's like this. Uh, we've talked about this before too. I think there's this like really toxic fandom in the North American LCS where if the team doesn't have immediate success, mm-hmm. the team needs to blow up and rebuild. Like, yeah. you can't develop players. I think the the biggest like sort of example of this was um, Ryoma from yeah. OCE. Like he came over, had a really, really bad like split, maybe even two splits, and now he's he's never gonna play competitively in North America again. Yeah. Um and, and I think like obviously you don't have to have the patience to support CLG when they have four years of disappointment minus one split. Like that that's fine. But not supporting your like or or, or being so frustrated with TSM when they finish like fourth a year <laughs> is is not a good like look for the league as a whole, and I, I think that sort of contributes to teams can't teams can't commit to long term plans. They yeah. can't commit to to players that aren't like performing top two in their role because it the fans just don't support that. Yeah. Um. So I I think like it's systematic. It's it's like fan driven and all that kind of results in the same teams winning the same teams losing and the standings very rarely shifting i mean to this day we've had four teams win the north american lcs yeah four like that is not and i mean we if we take away clg's two like the 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 top three have been top three since like at the very least for the past like three or four years obviously there's a point where team liquid was memed into fourth place forever yeah but since since they just dumped a bunch of money into into their team like they've been top top three and that top three hasn't shifted since then so i, I don't know that's kind of why uh that's kind of why i think an alcs is kind of boring but 
uh, hey, I mean, same thing CLG. with the EU, right? Just like franchise leagues do have this problem. I, I really think you nailed on the head where nailed it on the head where in traditional sports, like you get there's some sort of compensation if you finish last, and yeah. in these leagues, it's actually just like the opposite. You're you're losing fans, you're losing money, you're it's expensive to run an esports team. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think it's Which, like obviously sounds contradictive, where you don't want to reward teams for doing yeah. poorly because then they tank on purpose. Um, Compensation but, is definitely the right word. Like, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. You don't, you don't want to. It, it seems like you wouldn't want to compensate these teams for losing more than you would compensate the teams for winning because that seems dumb. But it's necessary for a for a healthy league with a lot of parity between teams. Yeah. So. Cool. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Elliot. Next, the email is from Ricardo. Hola. Uh, a longer email this time. Reason being, I hope this email might help some other folks understand their existential crisis when playing League. Jesus. Uh, for me, it ranges from am I a high plat, low diamond player or... Am I a silver player? I took a break firstly because we can now virtually roam free in London, uh, in London town. And I had some mates to catch up with. Uh, but secondly, uh, and I'm guessing this will feel true to anyone regardless of the ELO because matchmaking, matchmaking league is fucking atrocious. <laughs> I went through my first, my last few games and I'm either with a bunch of plat slash high golds or there will be uh, D1s and D2s on my team, uh, in my game. Sorry. Uh, I seem to do better when with diamonds, regardless. What the fuck? I support now. I love it. Uh, and I die a lot simply because if I flash E, W, Q, their carry and ult, then ult, I really do think a lot of lower ELO players, such as myself, shit their pants when Swain ults. The other team will just drop all their ults on me and I will just laugh it off because I know we have won the fight slash objective. But I also sometimes die a lot in lane because laning with a D3 player or a gold one player is not quite the same. My point is that I really think longer queue times would lead to a much, much better league experience. A humble Swain, one trick pony, Ricardo. Um, nice. So yeah, something that you were mentioning, when you, when you play with better players, you're going to play better in general just because they can pick up some of the slack that, that happens, mm-hmm. um, which I guess sort of explains that. Matchmaking is kind of bad. I, I don't really have an answer for you. Um, I do a- want to say, like, a th- uh, something that's like brought up a lot is, like, hey, obviously you're talking about normal games in this case because, like, you're not Diamond 1, Diamond 2, but you're talking about Diamond 1, Diamond 2s. But people who say, like, I'd rather just have long, long queue times. Um, your games would probably be lower quality if your queue times were longer because, mm-hmm. like, the way that queues work is that your ELO range expands. I mean, if you had, like, an hour-long queue time and you're, like, a platinum player, you might get like a low gold player or a high silver player on your team uh, just because it needs to eventually find you a match. In theory, you could have a system where it only searches, like, say if you're plat three, it only searches plat four to plat one, but your queue times are going to be fucking crazy. Like, there, there has to be a balance, man. And, like, the way that every single matchmaking system works in any game ever mm-hmm. means that longer matchmaking is probably going to end actually end up leading to, like, worse matches uh, just because, like, yeah, best- the- the best example of this, in my opinion, was when it was visible on Halo. I think yeah, it was Halo 3 that I played. Yeah. It, it's like a, um, a, I'm not going to be able to explain it like perfectly over um, over voice, but it was a bar that started in the middle of your screen yeah. and then increased left and right as the timer, or as the queue time increased. Yeah. Because that sort of represented like, here you are, this is your line in the middle. If if we have this many players, like it'll be perfect. Everyone's platform. Right, and then it starts to expand it. Okay, we're looking for people who are between gold, gold one and plat three. Yeah, and then it expands another tick. Okay, we're looking for gold two and, and plat three, uh, or plat two. So then uh, that's sort of the 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 thing that Aiden's describing, where 
if you have longer queue times, it's because the game doesn't have the people who are close enough to you. Um, which is why a lot of like challenger players don't play or there are some challenger players who don't play on their main accounts because the queue times are 40, 50 minutes because you know, if you're core JJ and you're at 1700 LP, uh, which we didn't talk about, but holy shit, by the way. Um, yeah, for, for example, for him, it's only searchy players below him because he's literally rank one, right? So maybe yeah. it's slowly expanding the search pool down the challenger ladder until it finds 10 players that are ready to hop into game with them. The, the crazy thing is, like, for that p- particular comparison, someone who is in gold is closer to master tier than core JJ is yeah. in terms of LP. And that, yeah. that's probably, like, further down than that. It's probably, like, bronze or silver, honestly. Yeah. Um. Like that's the sort of like, yeah, he, he's kind of shitting on everyone. That's crazy. Um, but yeah. And, and the only thing that I think a longer queue time, maybe there's an argument for is people getting their main roles. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as that sort of expanding group of people doesn't, um, doesn't increase as quickly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, autofill, that's a different argument though. Um, sorry, your games have been kind of trash. There's not really a fix for that. But hey, good luck. Yep. Um, awesome. Thank you, Ricardo. Next is from Arsonist. Hey, League Cast. Uh, I've only been playing League religiously since uh, October of last year, so I'm not much of a veteran, but I was home from uni for a month without access to my PC or reasonable internet and didn't play at all. I've been back at uni for just over a week now, and getting back into League was incredibly hard. AD carry was the role I had uh, played the most uh, of so far, but after coming back, I found that I could barely aim my mouse to click on minions, couldn't kite to save my life, and I'm still recovering my skill shot's aiming ability. What really helped me out was listening to Aiden's constant praise for Tom Kench and taking him up to the top lane. I had played a bit of top before, but I uh, never felt comfortable playing melee chance, champs and having to farm so close to your opponent. There's a discussion to be had here uh, somewhere about how AD carry seems to be the role beginners are pushed into, but that's not the point I'm making here. Um, The confidence of walking up to the river or tribush knowing I will most likely kill or severely outdamage my opponent, (laughs) followed by the early lead from doing so, gave me the motivation to keep up, uh, to keep going and get back into the game properly. The moral of this unapologetically long email is... That if you're stagnating and not having fun with the game, a change in role or champion can really help you improve your confidence, and it's probably a lot easier than you think it is. Uh, while I don't play a lot of Tom Kench anymore, I've been far more confident taking champs like Mordekaiser and Warwick up there, and just seeing how the matchup plays out rather than being scared and farming from as far away as possible. Thank you specifically to Andrew for getting me back into League, but thanks to all of you for making my weekly shopping trip far more tolerable. While I won't apologize for the length of this email, I will apologize for how much I rambled. Kind regards, Arsonist. Yeah, just like a quick little note there. I I think it's one of those things where, like, people meme about limit testing. Like, usually someone will say, like, when they die, Mm -hmm. oh, I was just limit testing. But there is something to actually, like, limit testing, right? Like, knowing how far you can push things. Like, it does make you a smarter player, right? Like, the best way to learn is to have something go wrong, because then you won't do it again, right? Yeah. Like, if you tower dive someone, and you and your jungler die, you're probably not going to make that same tower dive, like, a game later, right? You're going to... That's the best way to learn. And, like, I think that does, like, apply itself to, like, learning new rules and learning new play styles and stuff. It really helps out. Yeah, I think so as well. I think so as well. And, yeah, change of of scenery, like you were saying, is probably, you know, for the best uh, in in certain certain scenarios. Awesome. Um, Awesome. Thank you, Arsonist, and uh, hey, good luck, bud. Next email is from Arriva Berchi. 
Uh, this email is going to bring back the old Inting Scion strat. This, the Inting Scion strat worked before because Titanic Active used to nuke the towers because of Scion's massive health pool from his infinite W stack. I think rushing this item on Scion first is going to... Oh, I think this is in regards to the Hallbreaker. Yeah. Um, I think that rushing this item on Scion first is going to enable the same strat and possibly make him quite broken and cheesy. The item is also actually very gold efficient too uh, for 2800 gold in uh, the stats that it gives. Uh, not to mention what it does to minions too. If you loved Banner of Command and Zizirath, then you will love their love child, Hallbreaker. <laughs> uh, I think this item will be fun for like a day, and then after I lose to the Yorick or Nasus that plays PvE and then takes the base in 20 minutes by himself uh, for the 15th time in a row, it will get pretty old. I do not think this item will be too healthy for the game, and overall is going to be a design mess. Uh, either it is too good or it is useless. I do not think that there's a real healthy in-between for Hallbreaker. What are some item ideas you boys would be help? You think would be healthy, healthy to the game? A river Berchi. Um, fuck. Uh, so we already talked about Hallbreaker. I actually <laughs> think Inting Scion is going to be kind of good. Yeah. Uh, I I think if you go um, honestly on on Scion, you probably could just rush Hallbreaker into chains. Yeah. And just go like super meme. I'm literally just going to right click your your base until it dies. Uh, and you could find some level of success. Um, I also think Scion as a character is cheesy, period, and not like none of his play styles are. It's just the character. Oh, for sure. Um, and then uh, uh, I, I guess what items do we think should be added to the game? I, I think more niche items, I guess. Like a good example would be an item that removed. I think Abyssal Mask was so, f- not Abyssal Mask. I, I think uh, Adaptive Helm was one of the best items for the game. I love the idea that, hey, they have DOT characters on their team. I'm going to build this item that counters DOT characters. Um, I would love to see that item return at some point. That's a really good, a really good point. We talked, you talked about this a little bit on your stream, uh, but, but definitely like niche items should be the the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's really fun to be able to express the, the skill you have in builds as well as in like actual mechanical, mechanical gameplay. Um and I think that was a really good way to do it. It's like, oh, okay, I need to itemize properly against these against these characters because otherwise they're gonna shit on me. Oh, for sure. Um so yeah, I think I think more niche items like that. But I think Riot has to lean into them being niche and like you don't need a an item to uh to be built thirty percent of the time every time. Yeah. Uh, I, I think what they've done to um specifically is it Shieldbreaker? Serpent's Fang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serpent's Fang um, is a really good example of that, where they've they've changed it a little bit so it's not strictly like you have to do it before the application or you have to do it after. Like, now now it, it works both ways, um, so you just need to be damaging them. Yeah. Uh, and even though it's a lethality item, you can get away with building it on any AD character because of its its shield-busting value. Um so that's kind of the that's kind of the like a, a another go to example that I would I would uh, have for for that. Yeah, um, sure. But yeah, uh, more niche items like that, and then I, I would say more items that cover a wider variety of, of spreads. I don't or like types of of spreads. Yeah. Um, maybe uh, someone in chat, Tedrick said eh, a magic resist plus mana item, like something like that would be really good. Yeah. Um, so things like that. Uh, thank you, a river berchi, a uh, next email is from Johnny, who said, "Hey Leecast, or hey, hey guys, did you know that if Silas takes Mord ulti and then uses it at the same time as Mord, if the two circles overlap, Silas and his target can fight with Mord and his target, 
in the overlapping area, if any. Areas that don't overlap are accessible and visible only to the originator of the ulti and their target, but you can pass between the two areas as much as you want. Another nice to know uh, thing about Mordekaiser is that you can hit towers and the Nexus in his ulti while preventing the enemy jungler from targeting the neutral objectives. Uh, are you racing to destroy the Nexus? Ulti the lowest damage to CC opponent and win the game while the rest of the team uh, stands around. Are you worried about a 50-50 at Baron? Just ulti the enemy jungler and give your jungle an easy smite. Mm-hmm. The best thing about Mord's rework is that they had a list of over 100 bugs that you had to know about if you were a Mord main. And after the rework... There's a list of 100 plus quote interactions <laughs> that you need to know. That's fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, one nice touch that uh, they could have done but didn't uh, would be to have made Mordekaiser's Q to the old Mordekaiser's three bongs, just the sound, nothing else. I feel like it would be such a cool nod to the original version of the champ uh, to bring forward a signature ability sound, or to have a legacy version of the skin, uh, legacy version skin you could buy, which makes you look like the original version. If there was one legacy aesthetic detail you could bring forward to the current version of a rework champ, what would it be, uh, Johnny? Uh, I guess Damn, my, that's a good question. Yeah, mine in general is just I wish, like in general, they brought back the uh, traditional skins. Like they have traditional Trundle, they have traditional Karma. I would love to see more traditional skins. Well, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah, like that's something I they should have kept cool. going on. Definitely. Um, I think uh, I'd bring back Scion's uh, uh, axe visual. It yeah. would be red when you had your E active, and then yeah. it, you could just turn it off. Uh, it was it was a toggle that cost max HP or cost health on auto attack, but increased your max HP per last hit. Um, so you would just like flick it on for. It, it didn't have a cooldown. It was just a toggle. Yeah. You'd flick it on for last hits and then turn it back off really quick. Um, but you could just sit around and mash it, and, and you know it was a light show. So uh, awesome. thanks, Johnny. Next email is from Jerry Kosick. Uh, Jarek Kosick, sorry. Uh, hey, Jarek, make a fucking NA account, like Aiden said. Yeah. Uh, hey, Leadcast, uh, haven't sent an email in it a while, so I started playing League about a year ago and haven't really progressed. My win rate in the past year in normals is 45% and ranked 40%, and I'm hard stuck Iron 1. I've been mostly playing uh, AD Assassins like T- uh, Talon and Kiana, but looking at the results, it's not working out. So my solution is play an easy champ, climb up, learn the game, play with better people, Trust me, people here are literally AI bots, me included. Uh, also, being worse than 90% of all the player base is just kind of sad. I've chosen Scion and played him a couple of normal games, and I must say it's way easier. Thoughts? Also, what do you think is the best mentality for League? I kind of flip-flop between I'm a god and I fucking suck at League, so I should be an Iron 4. I'm pretty sure both of those are bad. Uh, I truly apologize for all of the inconveniences of reading the longest email you've ever seen. I'm very sorry. It will totally never happen again. I hope our Lord and Savior, the great Tom Kench, can forgive me. Thanks for reading, Jarek Osik. Um, So, I, I mean, I think to play specifically, like, Assassins is really difficult for a newer player because you have to you have to realize that there is so much more of the game that you have to, to learn um in order to play assassins mm-hmm. as effectively as other characters um like for for talon like you need to know what other characters do if they have a blink or a dash you need to know to to time your cue so you follow them or to do it before they have the the ability to react to that um whereas with scion you kind of just run at them and it doesn't really matter what they do because even if they kill you you turn into a pretty good character anyway yeah um so uh, i mean obviously like the, the, the point of that being, if you play easier characters, you're going to have an easier time learning the game, um, which is good. 
Sion, I think is a, is a great character to, to, to pick up um, because I think he has a lot of ability to improve, but he's also really effective at just standing there. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to play him perfectly to be an effective tank in a team fight. Um, what do you think the best mentality is for a league? I think it has to be a healthy, healthy dose of both. Um, both of the, the ones you were saying, if you're playing really well, giving yourself confidence by hyping yourself up, like saying, holy shit, I played that so fucking yeah. well. Or like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm playing out of my mind. Like that's, that's going to like make you like make you believe that even if you don't. Um, so that, that's, I mean, that's a good mentality to have, but if you do that in every game, it's going to bite you in the butt. But if you say like, I fucking suck at league, like I should never play this game. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like you're going to start playing poorly and put yourself in that mindset. Um, I mean, that's what happens to me. Like when I'm on a loss streak, I start yeah. to think like, okay, there's no way, like there's no way I'll, I'll lose. Like I've, I've already lost too many in a row and I'll couple that with, I like, there's no way I'm going to ever win again. Yeah, like exactly. this is it. I'm fucking plummeting. This is you're like I'm obviously the, the issue. I've just lost ten games in a row. Like I'm the only constant. Fuck this. I'm exactly, just not good exactly. enough. Yeah, it's just bad. Yeah, yeah, and, and like that's not good to have. So I mean, but but it's it's good to say like I'm you know I'm not that great at league because it indicates that you understand you still have a lot to learn and that you can improve from that. Um, because like as, as soon as you get complacent with your ability and your skill and and your rank, you you sort of instantly become worse at the game because you're not playing to improve or to get better at the game. Um, I think that's all your points. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you, Jarek. Um, appreciate it. Do you have anything to add, Aiden? Uh, no, that's about it. I think that's good. Pog. Uh, next email is from Jason. Uh, so I'm praying that my moving truck will be here with, uh, after a week of camping in my own home with bean bags, my Xbox and a mini projector. <laughs> when my truck does come, hopefully by this weekend, how should I pick up league? Should I try a new champion or play a bunch of bot games or something? I'm currently in low gold. Also, I'm now bug man. Jason, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm uh, now bug man. My recommendation is if you're really not confident, then I would level up a second account and play on that. Uh, and just play rank, just spam rank games until you feel good again. Uh, but if you don't want to make a new account, then just spam some normal games or just go right into ranked. I believe in you, man. You, you'll pick it back up. It's like uh, riding a bike. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I just jump into it. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Jason. Um, I'd say play ARAMs or Nexus Splits. If you're okay with the long queue time. Yeah, just get back into <laughs> muscle memory at the very least, for sure. Yeah, play some games that aren't super meaningful that'll make you have a lot of fun awesome next email is from swedish scion aiden did you want to yeah so he just wrote a a pretty long email like going over rivershan which we've talked about a lot it's an old meme there's actually lots of good videos on youtube but rivershan if you guys like want to look it up uh i'm sorry that we're not going to read the entire thing we're a little bit short on time this week um but the gist of it was he he gave his own take on how to play rivershan so rivershan pretty well is like you're not jungle you're not support you're rivershan where you kind of live in the river you're kind of like a uh second support in a way uh and he just like kind of went through his way of playing it and uh obviously it's more of a joke role but uh he thought it was like a, a funny thing to like write up a full play style about if he wants to post it in the uh discord i think a lot of people would be interested uh maybe someone can try yeah, definitely. It in, like, I, pre-made i think we have a couple of shen like mains and then people who love just memey stupid shit like that so simon definitely posted in uh in the uh, honestly in the general chat i think um yeah sorry we're, the, uh, it's just a little bit long for the current episode because i i know we both have to get out of here in like the next like 10 minutes or so so yeah uh next email thank you thank you simon appreciate a bunch 
Um, next email is from Noah. I just started listening to you guys while super toasted, and it feels like you guys are right there. It's great. <laughs> thanks for the sweet podcast. <laughs> okay, thanks, Noah. I appreciate it. Uh, make sure drugs are legal in your area before you do yeah. them. Uh, awesome. Next is from Ted. Uh, what's up, boys? First off, how did I not know this podcast was a thing? I've been playing since Lucian's release, and never once did I think that uh, I even think that a podcast for this game existed. That being said, I absolutely love your content, and I'm currently just listening to some of you, your older episodes to remember some of the gold old days. Anyone else remember Kogma's W being able to grant 4.3 attack speed with Ginsu's? Uh, anyway, uh, though, my main questions has to do with the letter system. Letter rating system tied to a champion rating. What's your best advice for a jungler to get an S? Obviously, everyone knows everyone plays differently, so they may just come easier to certain individuals. But is there any known knowledge as to what Rito classifies as an S tier performance? Uh, any and all help is greatly appreciated. Any again, thanks for uh, so much for being awesome and keep up the outstanding work. Um, yeah, Kogma's W like doubling your attack speed but halving your damage was super sick. I mean, um, I, I've talked about it so much, but, like, we never got to see it at the Worlds that year. But, like, yeah. pro players were testing in scrims because you could have up to 5.0 uh, attack speed because of uh, lethal tempo or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. People were practicing binding Z and X to uh, attack move and then right click. So late game as Kogma, you'd get up to 5.0 attack speed and pro players would then, like, just right click behind them. Uh, and then hit ZX, 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 like with left clicks, alternating at the right speed to be able to micro 5.0 attack speed Kogma. Yeah, Which, the only way you were able to do that is if you could auto attack point every, every point two seconds. Yeah, so like they would bind it to two keyboard keys so that you would just yeah. like tap like le- uh, like back and uh, on and off the entire time. <laughs> yeah. And it's like we never got to see it in pro play, but what a fucking cool thing, man, that that was a thing that was almost like a competitive yeah. thing for worlds like, that's so that'd have been cool. that'd have been really cool that'd have been really cool um uh and then for s tier uh there are a couple metrics involved um i believe kills deaths assists all count um the farm most important thing a... sorry i just want to say the most important thing is no, it's, no, go t- ahead, go ahead. it's tied to your character played in that role though so yeah, you're exactly, being yeah. rated against other say fiddle jungles if you're playing fiddle jungle if you're playing fiddle support you're being raided against other fiddle supports so mm-hmm. you just need to have higher stats than the average uh of your character in that role yeah yep so um that's the uh that's the thing that um is most important uh but every metric of the game yeah. you know for for a jungler your farm's going to be really important cuz like Aiden said you're comparing it to other champions um in a that bi- role. So being able to farm really effectively is going to like boost that up a lot. Yeah, a big thing on every role is place a bunch of wards. Have your wards yeah. like see people, <laughs> yeah. have lots of like vision score. Like that's that is a very yeah. important metric that a lot of people don't do, especially at like lower levels of play. So Yeah, definitely. I mean a, a good like example is oh uh your your uh like OPGG and U dot G scores incorporate warding so much yeah. that people just like buy control wards and place them all at the end yeah. of the game to to boost it up. Uh, thank you, Ted. Uh, our last email is from Dippy. As a jungle main, I have uh, to have a decently large champion pool, but at any given time, I'm usually comfortable on maybe six champions. I've been struggling in this patch, and then remember that I haven't practiced Kane in a while, and now I'm doing well. The takeaway is, if something doesn't work for you, take a step back and change it up. This isn't just league advice. This is generalized life advice. You can change your style or even sometimes your goals when things just aren't working out, and that's better than giving up altogether. It's important that you don't forget that, Dippy. 
Man, I don't, I don't think I have anything to add. That was just a good uh, yeah, good life a, advice from yeah, it's uh, really good from Father Dippy. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, thanks, Dippy, and thank you guys for listening. That is it for this episode of Leecast. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can send it to mail at leecastpodcast.com. You can support us on uh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash leecast. You can listen to us on, or I'm sorry, watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash bluebasket and slash leecastfrost or wherever you stream. Uh, tweet at us at leecast on Facebook. We are leecast. Visit our website, leecastpodcast.com. And uh, if you want to join the Discord, it is leecastpodcast.com forward slash Discord. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for episode 488. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.